0: friends, welcome to episode 43, of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. This season, I'm sharing new episodes every Monday discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? Did you know that I offer one-on-one coaching? If you've found inspiration in these episodes, but want more accountability or help guiding you through exploring a vegan lifestyle, check out my website for more information. In the last episode, I invited you to look into one of the mandates Richard spoke about, do some research, and start to understand how consuming or using animals violates that mandate. What did you learn? The week before, we talked about checking out beauty or household products you currently use— Are they already vegan or do you need to find a replacement? And the week before that, I challenged you to start trying out different plant milks. These are all really small things, but as you can see, they really add up and they start to build upon one another. Each time we look at a new product or we try a new food or we learn a philosophy or something a little deeper about veganism, it opens our minds, it opens the possibilities and it makes it that much easier. To go vegan and stay vegan. Today, I am joined by Sandra Namoto, the content doctor and author of Vegan Marketing Success Stories. While earning her degree in English literature, Sandra published poetry in literary journals and film reviews online. At 25, she founded Conscious Public Relations, Inc., an award-winning virtual agency that certified as a B Corporation. After a decade in business, she authored and self-published The Only Public Relations Guide You'll Ever Need in 2019. Living vegan since 2018, Sandra is now a content writer and editor for vegan businesses who also helps vegan and spiritual nonfiction authors. She aspires to eat vegan food around the world and blog about it, and lives in East Vancouver, Canada with her husband. In this episode, Sandra shares some inspiring stories from her book, vegan marketing success stories, some tips for business owners, including her four basics and her overall awesome self. You don't want to miss this appointment with the content doctor. Hey, Sandra, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I am super excited to talk about all things vegan marketing. But before we get into that, I would love to hear your vegan journey.
1: Sure. So my journey started at the end of 2007 when I saw the movie Earthlings. Um was a very impactful documentary for me. And uh, yeah, within a few years, I'd cut meat for my diet. Um, for a good number of years after that, I was still technically pescatarian. So I was never a big fan of seafood and eggs. So what I did was eventually learned to cook either veg- vegan or vegetarian meals during the week. And then maybe if I ate out on the weekends, I might eat fish and chips. That's what, that's usually what it was, <laughs> um, <laughs> fish and chips, and then maybe some egg, um, And then, uh, yeah, when my husband and I went on our honeymoon to New York City in 2017, we ate at Iron Chef Morimoto's restaurant. Um, I had the best seafood meal of my life there. And I thought to myself, because vegan being vegan was always the goal. Um, it's not going to get any better than this, so I'm going to leave on a high note, <laughs> and that was my last <laughs> seafood meal. And so from there, it was just dairy. So, um, you know, pizza and ice cream are some of my favorite foods. Obviously, I can see why dairy is always the the hardest thing for people to give up. But for me, um, it was actually um, for health reasons because over a number of years, no, nothing related to my dietary transitions. I've I've had this um, digestive condition that's. Remained undiagnosed by my health team. So it involves really painful acid reflux, um, kind of heartburn symptoms, Mm. uh, bloating, and sometimes vomiting. So this would always happen in the middle of the night. And so in 2018, I just had this really horrible bout in the spring. And I was like, I'm going to go back to my naturopath, try and figure this out. And she, she suggested doing a food sensitivity test. So once I took this test, I found out I was sensitive to dairy, which I later learned many, actually, most people of color are um so that made sense and so after cutting out you know a number of these um uh, foods that you know might be the cause uh for my diet for four months I was like hey now I'm at the point where I could I cut out dairy for four months uh, I guess I can do it forever so that was really the start of my um yeah um my vegan lifestyle is in terms of food. And then of course, everything else after that is so so much easier, you know, just not consuming or not purchasing uh, animal products for clothing and household items and everything like that. So um, yeah, so it'll be almost it fi- it'll be five years in April of this year um,
0: since starting that. Yay, that's awesome. And um, I, I hope that you're feeling much better now.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um. interestingly, so I found out about this potential condition I might have called hypochlorhydria, which is just a fancy word for underactive stomach. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a hard thing to really diagnose. So I, it, you know, I can't say for sure that I have it. But when I learned about this, I was like, all of the symptoms are you know, check, check, check. I think Mm -hmm. I have this. And one of the things you can do to really minimize that is remove animal products, which I was already doing. And so, um, in the last, yeah, pretty much in the last year, I've been again, tracking my symptoms and since going vegan, um, I still get some of the painful symptoms, but the vomiting has, yeah, like I haven't vomited (laughs) since 2019, which I'm very happy to report. (laughs) Um, and yeah, and, and, Thank you to the pandemic too, and just realizing that, um, like constricting my stomach area, so wearing really tight clothing and bras and things like that that can also aggravate it. And so, mm. um, thank you. You know, we had more time to stay home during the right. pandemic. I really noticed a difference there. So yeah, I've I've learned to definitely manage the symptoms.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that, and uh, good luck in your uncovering of what else. What else it could be, or what yes, it might be. It's
1: ongoing for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I know um I won't get too into this, but I, um when I was still eating cheese, because that was the last thing for me, too. I was like, I can let go of everything, but cheese, I want to eat pizza and ice cream. Uh, I would have moments where I would wake up in the middle of the night and like my acid reflux would be coming out of my nose. Mm. And it was horrifying. And so I was like, okay, I have to stop eating cheese before bed. Like I can't have pizza yeah. for dinner. I can have pizza for lunch. I was still trying to like make a, a way around it. But just like you, my ultimate goal was to be vegan. And and eventually it was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I just need to stop this. And so mm-hmm. I too was able to just like let go of, of dairy as well. But we have, I've got so many things I want to talk to you about so you are like vegan marketing expert and you have okay let me just where to start I don't know that. if I'd say expert but definitely an enthusiast <laughs> okay <laughs> so enthusiast <thank> you. <laughs> yeah but um I actually was talking to David Parnell of Vegan Business Tribe Uh, And uh, he was telling me how you just like you went out there and you were like, I'm getting on these TV shows. I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about my book. I'm going to, you know, just get my name out there and work and work things where like I'm showing up everywhere. And that's like what you've been doing. And, and maybe I have that understanding wrong, but either way, you've got a book now about vegan marketing and you're all over the place talking about it. So let's get into like, how did that happen? Have you always loved marketing? Is it something that really lights you up? Where did, where did it all come from?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, reading and writing are my, my earliest skills from, from when, you know, when I have memory <laughs> and that, that has really stuck with me. So, you know, I took it, I got an English literature degree. My first job right out of school was at a public relations firm. And then I started my own agency. And so, yeah, communications has really been a big part of my life. And I've always been interested in marketing, even though I've never held, officially held a marketing position at any sort of company. So, um. Um, when I was vegan, or yeah, when I when I became vegan, that was right the same year that I closed my first business. And so for a year and a half, I was sort of freelancing for a few businesses, wondering what the next career move was going to be for me. I didn't think I was going to stay in marketing because I've been in that, I was in that world for so long. Um, but yeah, I sat down to meditate at the end of 2019. And just this booming intuitive voice came to me and was like, you're a vegan now, and you will always write. So put those two things together. <laughs> and and so I went, oh, okay. Um, I, I've, I've known over the years that whenever I ignore my intuition, the idea just comes back to me stronger many years later. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, I I got that sign. Let's try this out. So, right at the start of 2020, I, um, yeah, I just I put up a service page on my personal website and just told everybody I knew. Thank, thankfully, I had uh, a good network from my previous business, and I said, hey, who do you know runs a cruelty-free business that needs help with their written content? And I was really lucky to, um, yes, yeah, land my first few clients. Um, didn't know the pandemic was hit, and interestingly, the pan- that year was has been my most successful financial year. So that told me I was on the right track. Um, so yeah, I so that's what I continue to do now. I primarily write content for vegan businesses. Um, I've also added marketing consulting. Um, since I've I've written a book about it now. <laughs> um, and then my my other suite of um or my other type of client are authors. And so of course I would love to work with more vegan authors, but right now I'm open to, um, anyone and I've got a number of services that I help those folks with. So, um, so yeah, I didn't really plan to write a, a vegan marketing book that really just came, um, out of, um, game in 2021 because I, I had an intuitive reading around the time of my birthday, which I usually do. And, the reader said, your spirit guides are saying you're going to write a book. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Did not have an idea for a book at the time. And I, but I just kept thinking, what could I possibly write about? And then the idea came. um, Yeah. And I thought, you know, is anybody really writing about marketing for the vegan industry? And I did some Googling. Nobody had written a book about it. And the only Mm -hmm. vegan business book that was really out there was Katrina Fox's Vegan Ventures from 2016. And I'm really, I was like, really, that's it? Wow. This is it? <laughs> I, I might write the second book. So, so yeah, that just gave me a sign that, okay, there's a gap in the market. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good, and yeah, I saw it as a good opportunity to get myself out there in my services. So, um so yeah, started sending out my first few requests for, for stories at the end of September, 2021. And then by early January, 2022, the book, um yeah, I'd finished writing
0: the book. That's so awesome. Um, Before we get into the the content of the book, I want to talk about this intuitive reading because you (laughs) are speaking my language. I pull cards for myself every day just to kind of set the tone for the day. And I know that so many business owners, myself included, have spent a lot of time ignoring that intuitive voice. And like you know that that next step is the right step to make or the voice is like yelling at you and you're like, no, that can't possibly it be it because of like feeling like an imposter or not ready or whatever. How do you, or how did you, because it sounds like you've listened to it all the time now. How, how did you, or what's the suggestion you have for someone who they keep hearing that and they're not trusting it?
1: Mm. And. Yeah, I know that there's also, you have, also have to distinguish your intuition from. Um, that critical voice Mm -hmm. that that that's just scared it's just your scared inner child right (laughs) telling Mm -hmm. you like no this is scary you might you might die Um, but yeah I think if if you're getting that sign over and over again I think that's your intuition just telling you like yeah you you know you're in a you're in a a safe box right now but this seems scary because it's also exciting Mm -hmm. and that's what you know if you want to call it your higher self, the the person you're meant to be the person you're, you're meant to step up to be. um, I think that's what it's trying to tell you. And so, so I think that's why I've, yeah, I've, I've learned to distinguish that from um, yeah, I've, I've known when I've ignored my intuition, I was like the first time, you know, I got this sign. I was like, no, that's a stupid idea. And somebody else is already <laughs> doing it. This was back in 2009. And then, and then it came to me three years later, like even in the form of a company name, like a new brand. So my first um, business, I rebranded to conscious PR because I got the, that, idea I got that download when I was driving back from like a motivational speaker event and so I went "Ooh, conscious PR that sounds mm. like a great name nobody was using it and so and and that was really the the trajectory for my my previous business and so yeah I think it it can be scary for sure but um You can also take baby steps like no one's asking you, you know, invest $20,000 in in some new idea, you know, take baby steps toward that, that, that inner voice and, and the more positive um, reinforcement you get, whether it's from friends or, um, you know, colleagues that say, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I think you're on the right track.
0: I love that. Thank you. Let's talk about great names for a second, because Conscious PR is a great name. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but every time I tell someone the name of my podcast and business, they smile or they're like really interested. What if someone feels like they're not, they can't come up with a good name? So they're not, they're not hitting that Conscious PR. They're not hitting, did you bring the hummus? How, how can someone who, who is thinking like, oh, I just don't know what to name it, they have this great idea and they don't know what to call it, like, what's, like, what's like a process or some steps that, that we could take to really get into and come up with an awesome name that people will be interested in?
1: What a great question. And yes, you you have the best name for podcast. I <laughs> concur right there. Um, you know, start with something, right? Like my my very first um business name was middle child marketing because I was the middle child. I love it. Um, yeah, and and that worked for me for a while. Um, but really what I was selling was publicity services. And so people would always ask me, "Oh, do you do this type of marketing? That type of marketing?" And I would say, "No, I only do, you know, <laughs> media <laughs> media relations and and Thank mm-hmm. you. So yeah, I, I found out after a number of years, it just wasn't working. And so I think it's good to start somewhere. Um, and what what often happens, um, so for example, my, you know, business, actual business name is Sandra Namoto Enterprises. I did that for a purpose because, you know, I never know what kind of services I'm <laughs> going to offer, but the, but the Ford, the, or the, I would say the, the outside facing uh, brand is the content doctor. That's what I use outside. And so you can always register your business name as something generic Um, and then yeah, have a, like doing business as type Mm -hmm. of brand that may change down the road. So yeah, if, if, even if you're not happy with the name you currently have, um, yeah, know that you can always change it. And so I think it's (laughs) better. Yeah, it's, it's, um, don't let that indecision stop you from moving forward. I think it's best just to pick something, move forward. And then later on down the road, that, that great name that might come to you. You know, maybe it's from a customer or a client or yeah, or you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll get it from somewhere
0: else. Yeah. I love that. There's so many times, right. Where in business, where it's, it's almost like, ah, you don't, you don't move forward and maybe not everyone, but you feel like, oh, I can't move forward until X. And it's like, just figure it out as you go. And you don't know who you are when you're starting, like you don't know who you're going to become or, or what your business will become. So you just be open. And like you said, just maybe name it after yourself and then, yep. and then come up with stuff as you create what your business will actually be. I love that. Cause that moves that barrier out of the way, which of course is really scary for some people. <laughs> um, so your book has uh the intro has a really fun introduction to you. I love um I I could hear the the Band Aid theme song in my head as well cuz we grew up the same time period. And uh and I love it, but your book is a collection of vegan marketing success stories. How did you bring that together? Like how do you find the the businesses that that you wound up connecting with and what made those stories the ones that made it into the book?
1: Yeah. So I, I figured, okay, if I want 50 case studies or stories, I should reach out to about 200 companies. So I created a list of, of 200 vegan companies, and I really wanted a good range of, um, small to large, you know, um, multiple, multiple gender owned, um, and then from different, places around the world. So I, I really aimed for diversity. And um, if I didn't hear back from a company, like even after following up, or if they said no to the opportunity, I had to add another company to that list. And so in the end, that list ended up being 280 companies long, wow. <laughs> um, the, the <laughs> initial out, yeah, the outreach list. And in return, I got 47 uh, stories. So almost the 50 that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. But what I did, because um, I found gaps. Like I wanted at least one real example for every tactic that I talked about. And a lot of the companies, you know, didn't talk about using, for example, traditional advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I did, what I did was I just pulled examples from online and then reached out to those companies and said, Hey, do you mind if I use this? And so, um, in addition to those 47 companies, um, there's also another few dozen, um, mentioned in the book. And so in total, like, yeah, like upwards of 100 companies mentioned. So that's really how it all came together. And yeah, and instead of waiting for the 47 or the fifty. St- stories to come in and then writing the book as they started coming in I started getting inspired and just started writing and yeah and so the the whole process was was fairly organic as they came in I I would insert them into the manuscript and and that really helped things move along faster so my manuscript I I finished pretty much in three months whereas if I had waited um it would have taken a lot longer
0: yeah oh my gosh that's so amazing when I first opened your book, I, I looked at the um table of contents and I went right to the influencers. And I will tell you why. Because I am still struggling to embrace the idea that influencers are a thing. I will admit that. Um <laughs> I, I uh so I I went to and I was like, but you know, I was also thinking about there's so many people maybe not so many, but there are people on YouTube that are like, I'm this vegan, whatever. And yeah. they do all these videos about veganism and they get this huge following. And then they're, you know, they post like, oh, I'm not vegan anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love that you actually kind of address that in the book where you're like, you know, you really look into these people and like, get an understanding of of who they are before you go sending them your stuff. And, I think part of it is because like, you're going to spend all this money sending them stuff and then maybe they don't even acknowledge it, let alone actually use their platform to advertise for you. But I think also there's that risk there too, right? There are people that kind of hop into this and they're like, vegan seems to be a thing. Now I'm going to do a bunch of videos about being vegan. And then when I'm bored with it, I'll just stop doing videos about being vegan. (laughs) So I really appreciate that, that you, um, that you kind of, you you talked about it, but not in a, a way to like scare someone away, but really like the whole book, you're just giving so much really helpful, useful information. And it's so inspiring all of the stories. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something I'm still working through. I, I will admit that the influencer thing, I'm still like, older than my time or something. I'm like with like my parents, like, what is that? That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? You just like post stuff on the internet and you get paid for it. Um. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a crazy world we live in. And it, and I like to think of those people as, you know, they weren't really vegan to begin with. Right. Because exactly. the definition of vegan is, is really a commitment to reducing animal products from your lifestyle. And those people, maybe they jumped on a plant-based diet. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, as you said, they weren't really in it for the values they were in it, you know, just to try it or, or maybe it helped them look good physically. Um, and then they, and then they left. So yeah, unfortunately we can't really screen everybody (laughs) uh, and be (laughs) like, Hey, are you really a vegan or, Mm -hmm. you know, do you deserve to be called a vegan? Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I think of those people. And even if, um, they do end up, uh, yeah being an ex vegan i th- i think there there's got to be a group of people that maybe went vegan because they were following these people mm-hmm. and those people might stay vegan and yeah. so every little bit counts and and yeah even though i yeah i don't like to call them you know vegan influencers in the end
0: mm-hmm. um
1: they have impact too that's yeah. that's undeniable
0: yeah that's true okay. So just a little preamble, (laughs) my husband and I went on our honeymoon to Mexico and that was the first time I had ever encountered reef safe, uh, sunscreen. And it was because there are areas in Mexico where if you're in the water and you're near the reefs, like you can't be wearing regular sunscreen. Right. And I remember when I discovered that, so I'd never been near a reef before. So I didn't know this like sunscreen was not good for reefs which makes total sense now but then I had the thought why isn't it all reef yeah. safe because <laughs> right? because aren't these chemicals then bad for just the ocean as a whole <laughs> but that's not, that was just a thought I had when I learned about that um so please tell me about that that um success story sure so that story
1: is is from goddess garden which is an american beauty company very well known for their organic sunscreen and um yeah the the ceo nova covington um started a nonprofit organization because she found herself in these positions of getting involved in in ad- advocacy and so in 2015 um even though goddess garden wasn't selling in hawaii they got involved in this reef safe campaign and Interestingly, no other ma- um, what do you call it? mainstream sunscreen companies got involved in this. so <laughs> they were really on their own in terms of companies involved and really yeah used all of their media power to try and raise awareness for um, sunscreens with two particular chemicals that are known to be damaging to coral. So um, with their help uh, they collected uh, almost 60,000 signatures, electronic signatures. Um, and then that all got sent to the state uh the state of Hawaii to try and implement this ban and so they were really they were successful in doing that so when Nova flew to Hawaii for the announcement and met Governor Iggy he went oh so you're the woman who crashed my server or the company that crashed our server so that was really cool to hear yeah. and um I don't know if they're selling in Hawaii I hope they are now <laughs> but basically yeah like what an amazing campaign you know they weren't even selling their products Products there, but um, they they took that opportunity to not only yeah like really help the coral in this particular state, but um, but yeah get their name out there in relation to this kind of uh, advocacy. So yeah, really love that story.
0: Yeah, and it really speaks to the heart of veganism, right? It's like it doesn't. It's about things that are so much bigger than us. It's not so when when you can take where she's not getting anything out of it, like from a business perspective, right? I mean, of course, people probably would see that and they'd be like, wow, I really like that aligns with my values. I'm going to buy her products instead of someone else's. But yeah. But when when you're like motivated to like, I can help make a change here and you just do it. That is, I mean, that's what we're all doing being vegan. And it's just, it's so beautiful to hear that when you hear people who are fully living in that and like showing up in, in all ways. And I just, I really, I really love that. And I hope that people hear that inspiration and, and are, you know, motivated to maybe take a step and and do something bigger than themselves as well. Thank you for sharing that.
1: You've, you've hit on a point too, that really speaks to why I created this book. And I haven't really talked about this. It's, it's like this book of course is for vegans who are interested in marketing, but my hope is that anyone who's interested in marketing picks it up, even though they're not vegan. And they realize that by supporting a vegan company, they are helping to make that impact even greater. So again, by supporting goddess garden versus any other mainstream sunscreen company, you're saving coral, you're saving our oceans. Um, and maybe you're not vegan, but by making that choice to switch, um, you have that positive effect. And so, yeah, I really love that you, you touched on, um, the impact of the company, but in the end, if they can get more consumers again, buying from vegan businesses, um, yeah, you've got an
0: impact there and yeah, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, There's another company that I listened to you on another podcast and you mentioned they make chocolate, middle, middle squares. Is that what they're called? Mid, mid midday squares, midday squares. And that they don't even, it's just like all about the videos they make and yeah, they sell chocolate, but also that it's not even in your face that it's vegan. So people just are like, oh, this looks like a fun company. I'm going to buy this chocolate. And then they're like, oh, this chocolate's really good. I'm going to keep buying this chocolate. And now they've become like a loyal customer to a brand that maybe if someone said, here, try this vegan chocolate, they'd be like, that's okay. I'm going to go get, you know, my regular You know, cow chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just there's all these different like creative ways that we can really put ourselves out there because we create vegan businesses to make a a more vegan world, but we still like we want to bring in the non-vegans or Mm pre-vegans, right? (laughs) What what a creative way to get people just talking about you. People love videos on online, right? I know I get caught in that that like real rabbit hole if you will where it's just like one after another and um that can be really fun and and so so engaging so another another really inspiring story in the book is about vegan hospitality can you tell us about that yeah it's it's
1: one of my faves for sure and uh this was actually before meredith uh, marin started vegan hospitality. So in 2016, she found herself uh, on the island of Haru- Aruba, um, where her husband's originally from, and as a vegan, um, not with with very many options. So in the in, she found it hard to find certain things in supermarkets and same thing at restaurants. And so she really took it upon herself to um, veganize this island. So how she did that was she just started with with chefs and said, Hey, you know, can you make me a vegan dish? Or what can you make what what can you meet for me? And, um, and just started getting, um, yeah, kind of the interest of chefs and and restaurants, and that brought in the demand for food uh, to be imported, you know, to supermarkets and become more readily available. So not so she did it on the supply chain side, but then she did it brilliantly on the marketing side. So um, she started the accounts, um, vegan Aruba, online. Um, and that attracted, you know, more vegan travelers to the Island. Um, and then, uh, she, she appeared in local media where whenever she could to talk about the importance of veganism, what that is. She taught vegan cooking classes and, um, yeah, she got the opportunity to be in travel magazines. So magazines that were, um, on the backs of airline seats that flew to, uh, Aruba, um, magazines in every hotel room so really great media coverage you know almost in single-handedly mm-hmm. and then she partnered with the Aruba Tourism Authority to sponsor an influencer trip um so they brought uh six uh American vegan influencers I believe this was 2018, um, to the Island, you know, showed them a good time. And then some of that content is actually still top ranking for, for those keywords. And so, um, you know, after a number of years, um, happy cow, which is the app that, People use to locate um, restaurants with vegan options and that sort of thing. Um, named Aruba the most vegan-friendly island in the Caribbean, and mm-hmm. I believe it's all due to Meredith's efforts, um, of course, and a- anyone else who traveled to, to to Aruba during that time and and made those sorts of demands. Um, but yeah, and and so she founded uh, vegan hospitality because she was so successful in doing this in Aruba, and so she teaches the same methods that she implemented there to anyone who is in another location who wants to do the same thing. And so um, as of the time of the book, I know she um, had folks in 18 states across the US and then folks in 20 countries around the world. That could be more now, but just really amazing impact um, that she's been able to create. Wow.
0: Yeah. I was in Aruba in 2009 and I was vegetarian then, and I remember that I was very, I mean, now I was on a resort that was like all inclusive. So I wasn't going off and, and really exploring local restaurants or anything, but, uh, but the, the options were, were really limited. And, um, but I had such an amazing time that I definitely would have gone back. And now that I know about this, Aruba is definitely on the
1: list. I know, right. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be on everyone's
0: now. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's amazing you know, traveling can seem so daunting to vegans, especially new vegans. And it's just so wonderful to hear that there are so many different people out there where this is their focus, you know, like Rebecca Gadsiewicki from Veggies Abroad. And, and now her name just went out of my head. Vegan hospitality. Oh, Meredith. Meredith. You just said it. And I was (laughs) <laughs> and now it's out of my head. Yeah. And Meredith and just making the the whole world like accessible to us where we can enjoy all things about a culture we're immersing ourselves in, including food without feeling like we're missing out without, um, you know, feeling like we can't experience it if we're not eating the same thing the locals are eating. And it's just it's so good. It uh, fills my heart with so much joy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's a great one, and and yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, folks like Rebecca, there's so many folks in the travel industry that are are, are vegan, and which is really exciting because, yeah, as a vegan, like yeah, you want to know like you can be able to eat <laughs> uh-huh. when when you travel, right, and and have that not be a barrier or something to worry about when you're when you're traveling. And so um yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, (laughs) you're currently not off offering very many vegan options. Uh yeah, now's the time to start transitioning. Um, because yeah, I think more and more people are going to be interested in this
0: lifestyle and we're going to want those options wherever wherever we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for listeners who are, you know, trying to start their vegan business and a lot of my listeners aren't even vegan but hopefully soon, right? That's why they're listening. Um, That's why I do this. What are some marketing tips that you have for small business owners who either, let's start from like, Newbies, total newbies, and they feel overwhelmed. There's you know, Facebook's trying to get them to pay for ads, Instagram same thing and And we hear that it, you know most people aren't doing native marketing anymore where they're they're paying to be in the newspaper and and things like that. What are some tips that you can share to to get people started?
1: Yeah, I always look at the what I call the four basics. So even when I'm working with a client who's established and uh, before I write, any sort of copy for them. I look at what can be improved. Um, so number one, have a website, like it surprises me that people just start businesses and they're only using Instagram and that may work for you for some time, but you never want to have your business depend on any social platform. I can tell you that because if meta goes down, which it has for a day, um, that's your business. And so, um, have a website, you know, Um, I know maybe you haven't chosen your final name yet, but, um, you know, have the domain for it. Um, I would suggest um, try and secure your name on all the other social media platforms, even if you don't plan to use them actively. So what I would suggest in terms of starting out on social media is um, do LinkedIn and one other visual platform so maybe that's uh Instagram TikTok or YouTube um you know one or two of those to start um and then of course it doesn't have to be every day you can start out with you know posting a few times a week consistency is better than um you know posting seven days and then not at all the following week <laughs> I um, that. <laughs> yeah right um Uh, Have a blog on your website. I know that doesn't sound very exciting, but just remember, especially when you're starting out, nobody may be searching for the keywords that they're going to use to find you. Um, unless you've invented, you know, the newest thing that everybody Mm. is going to want to jump on. So the blogs are there to not only share your stories, um, you know, news releases, new products, things like that. Um, but, um, yeah, maybe educate your audience and build up those keywords that people will use to find you on a search engine. So that's what blogs are for. And then finally, um, uh, have an email newsletter. Because again, like I said, if, you're, if your website's under construction or a social media platform goes down for a day your email list is is yours and that's your additional way to connect with your audience and so yeah and try, so try and find uh, creative ways to get people to sign up to your email list and again, aim for consistency, start out with once a month. And then if you find you want to increase that frequency, you can always do that later. So, so that's what I recommend um, everybody start with. Or even if you're just like, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I can improve. Look at those four basics. There's almost always something you can improve upon. And then for everything else, like you've got more of a budget, you want to add more, um, you've got more time, or you've hired a new person, and you got to assign them more things. That's where my book comes in, and, and it shares all of those other tactics that you can add on to your strategy.
0: That is awesome. Thank you. I know that I will be looking at those four basics within Did You Bring the Hummus as well. I was super resistant to the idea of a blog. I love writing, but every time I would sit down, I would go, what am I going to write about? Like, mm-hmm. I have no, like, what do I have to share? Meanwhile, like I've been vegetarian since 2001. So I have so much experience, so many different things to share stories, tips, whatever, that I would sit down and go, I don't know what to write about. And so I kept avoiding doing a blog, but then I, I, you know, everybody kept saying you, you need to have a blog, like not everybody wants to watch videos. And I was doing live videos and recorded videos and not everyone has the attention span for that, but they can quickly scan a blog or some people don't want to read the blog. They want to watch the video. But anyway, I, uh, I started kind of collecting ideas and would just write them down. Anytime I had an idea for a blog, but I wasn't ready to like sit down and write it, I would like write it somewhere, the idea. And that started to make me feel like, okay, maybe I do have something to say. And so now I'm not consistent with it at all, but, but I have probably 90 something blogs on my website, so I'm building it. That's great. Yeah. So it feels good.
1: And you mentioned, (laughs) uh, yeah other forms uh, or other media forms. So you, maybe you've got uh, a podcast interview you were on or a video that you did, transcribe that cuz that's a blog right there. Right. <laughs> that, that yeah, <laughs> like people don't think like you can turn other uh yeah, other mediums uh into a blog. And so there's always that. Um and then another thing that's very new as we're speaking is um uh, AI, um, apps. Mm-hmm. So the most popular one, I, I know it's still in beta, so not everybody's using it, but chat everybody's talking about that and, mm-hmm. and its ability to create content. Um, there's a company that has created a vegan version called veg three which I am itching to try. I just Me haven't too. had the opportunity yet. <laughs> um but that's really exciting. So for folks who, yeah, maybe run a vegan business or you're vegan yourself and you maybe have a personal blog, you know what you want to write about but just the idea of sitting down at a laptop um is like, oh, I, mm. you know, I need I need to sit down and find time, test it out. Test it out mm. and see what the app can do and see how good it is <laughs> at uh, at creating content for you. And of course it's not going to be perfect. You're going to need to go in and and change some things, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited to to try out this app because it could be a game changer in terms of, yeah, just helping people get started and also saving time because yeah, if we can spend more, more of our time just editing and tweaking versus getting the first drafts done, like mm-hmm. that's, that's a game changer. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to testing it out and trying it out with client, with um my client's content. Yeah, that will be
0: so fun. Yeah, there are even the newsletters, like I find that when I sit down to do a newsletter, it takes me longer than I always think it's going to take. And and so, so to have a little extra help there would be amazing, because then that frees me up, right, to do more of the activism piece. If I don't have to spend an hour writing a newsletter, maybe I could spend you know, 20 minutes editing it and 40 minutes recording a podcast and letting someone get their vegan story out there. So I love, I love that idea. Let's see what, there's so much in your book, like, but I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. That's my problem. (laughs) I find that when I'm speaking to authors, I I have this thing every time I I go to read the author's book, I'm like, okay, I'm going to read it, but I don't want to read the whole thing because I don't want to end up like saying something and and spoiling it and, and and obviously like a novel is different than spoiling you know nonfiction like your book, but um, but I I want to talk. So is there anything else that you want people to hear about you or your book? Uh, sure.
1: Um. So if if you're curious about the book, but you not want to take the leap and buy it yet. Uh you can get the first chapter for free if you sign up to my email list and again if you want to unsubscribe, <laughs> you can always do that later. Um so yeah, take take the book for test drive um through my uh email sign up. Um if you're in the UK, I have free promo codes for the uh audiobook. So it's only for Audible UK users. Um but yeah, just get in contact with me through my website or just DM me on social media and I can send you a free promo code. Um, it, it won a vegan choice award last month, which I'm super stoked about. Yeah, congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. So and I'm yeah, and I'm still going around and, and appearing on podcasts like this and talking about the book. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really um, glad in terms of the reach that it's gotten and um, the value that people like you are, are getting out of it. So I'm just really grateful for for that opportunity
0: and i am really grateful that you wrote it because i can already see just from what i've read so far how helpful it's going to be for me um i spent a lot of time being afraid like willing to put myself out there as far as you know i had a live show through um triangle veg fest virtual veg fest live um out of north carolina i did that on youtube once a week for a year and a half so every and i would like wow. cry <laughs> talking about certain vegan topics and really just put myself out there. But that feels different than being like, hi, I'm a vegan business owner. Here's what I do. Here's like, come work with me, or does this interest you? It feels so different um, when I'm trying to kind of put my business out there. And, uh, and I already feel supported just by reading what I've read in your book. So thank you.
1: Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Again, a good part of it is just, yeah. Um, supporting vegans running businesses and, and assuring them that you're not alone. We're all in this together. And I I do mention a few of the networks that, um, I know that are out there and I know you and I are, are members of vegan business tribe, which is fantastic. So yeah, just again, know that you are, are not alone and, and, uh, we're, we're with you. Yeah.
0: So I have one final question for you because, you know, it's, did you bring the hummus? I've got to ask, tell, tell me about your favorite hummus or your favorite way to eat hummus.
1: Um, my way to eat hummus is not very exciting It's you know, it's, it's a dip of vegetable, raw vegetable, or, uh, (laughs) you know, piece of pita in there. But, um, my favorite hummus is one that is locally made. It's a company called Habibi's Mediterranean foods. Um, they're not completely vegan, but they've got a great line of hummuses. So different flavors. And my favorite is the red pepper. Ooh. Um, it's not like super strong or spicy or anything like that, but just, I don't know the way that those red peppers just mingle with the, the hummus is just mm-hmm. really beautiful. So,
0: uh, shout out to Habibi's. I love it. Thank you so much. Sandra, I am so thankful that you were able to join me today. For those who want to connect with you, how can they reach out?
1: I'm everywhere with my name. So sandranamoto.com. You'll find my services, uh, all the book info there. And same thing on social media,
0: Sandra Namoto. Awesome. Thank you. And, and those links will be in the show notes too. So people can just click right in there and, and find you wherever they'd like. So thank you again so much, Sandra, for joining me today.
1: You're so welcome. It was my pleasure, uh, Kimberly.
0: Welcome back. How inspired are you feeling right now? Whether you're feeling inspired by stories of vegan businesses or by the simple steps Sandra provided, get up when you're done listening to this and do the thing. To recap those four basics, number one, make sure you have a website. Number two, start with two social media accounts LinkedIn, and a visual option, like Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. Number three, start blogging. I've included a link in the show notes to the blog challenge that has gotten me to 90-plus blogs. And number four, have an email newsletter. To connect with Sandra, follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Sandra Nomoto, on Facebook at Sandra Nomoto Books, and YouTube at Sandra underscore Nomoto. You can also visit her website. Don't forget to join her mailing list to check out the first chapter of her book for free at sandranomoto.com. These links, as well as where to purchase vegan marketing success stories, can be found in the show notes. I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're loving it, please give Did You Bring the Hummus a five-star rating and leave a review. It's an easy way to keep supporting the show. Be sure to share these episodes with your friends. If you're finding something good here, they will too. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Did You Bring the Hummus, and visit my website DidYouBringTheHummus.com for more information about me, updates on what I'm working on, new podcast episodes, and all things vegan. Finally, I would love to hear from you. What do you need help with? Is there a topic you want to hear covered in a future episode? DM me on Instagram or send me an email. Did you bring the hummus at gmail.com? Thanks for listening.